0: Yes, no one's listening, right? No. Um, hi, my name's Robin. I'm the host of the Ink radio show here in Vancouver, a radio show where I talk to cartoons about comics. Um, today's panel, I wonder if I can even get the name of it right, Comic Book Rock Star yeah. Super Comic Rock Star Zeroes. Sounds like
1: an anime <laughs> Yeah, I think,
0: super I think panel. this is the new version of the Super Friends. Oh, Cool. Um, Greg is very impressed. (laughs) Um, I I didn't name the panel, so it's hard to feel like that. I'm thinking more, it's going to be kind of a look at influences, inspiration, what gets you going, what you like, and hopefully uh, folks aren't too exhausted and want to talk. Um, I already feel my voice going a bit, so don't let me talk. Uh, Why don't you guys, all introduce yourselves, start at the end.
2: Uh, I'm Greg Rucker.
3: I'm Catherine Emanen
4: <laughs> I'm Stuart Emanen <laughs> I'm Len Newman.
5: I'm Len Bucket.
0: Yeah, I think are There right. we go. Good, good. Good. Um, as you were. So, kind of maybe something to start out with, and everyone just bounce off each other, just go everywhere, whichever direction you want to, is kind of when you're in kind of that creative mood, making your comics, writing them, drawing them, um, what do you go for for inspiration? What really drives you and pushes you forward as a creator?
1: An angry editor. <laughs> <laughs> mostly that. Just, you know, our Deadlines, I mean, part of what we do is, is it's a business and we're supposed to get things done in a certain time or you guys also can go, where the hell did I issue a whatever that was supposed to be out there. So yeah. I think responsibility you know, an obligation to my audience is part of it.
4: That is so rock star of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I used to be an editor
0: as well, right? Yes,
1: so you have had yeah. in heads. Oh, yeah, I... I actually there are there are stories. I used to tell one particular artist, you get the job in much Friday, or publishing eight blank pages that say, so-and-so fucked up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: he always managed to get it in on <laughs> him. I wonder how
0: that reflects with that issue about alpha flight that John Karen did. <laughs> <laughs> Many <laughs> a truth
2: is said in jest that are on Uh, How
0: about, at the
2: end there, Greg? I was just going to say that, you know, any creative endeavor, you can't wait for inspiration or you're dead. I mean, and if you're doing the work professionally, no matter what the work is, it's work. You get up, you put your ass in the seat, and you do the work. Um, There's a myth fostered by the artistic community at large, I think in many senses, that they're struck by bolts of lightning or, you know, the Greeks used to say you would have a genius that you would be visited by a genius and all those things can happen you can have a bolt of lightning and you can be visited by a genius but you don't get either of those things if you haven't prepped the environment and made it welcoming you know if you haven't swept the floors and made the bed genius is not going to come and stay Um, but if you are doing the work every day for, you know, four, six, eight, twelve hours a day. And the other thing that I think artistic endeavor requires is that it stays with you even when you're not doing it. You are thinking about it whether you want to be thinking about it. You know, I, I know this is, I know this works for visual artists as well as, as, as I don't want to say prose, but word artists, you know your influences are everywhere so you can be working on the project at your drawing table at your keyboard, at your typewriter at, at the pad for however many hours every day but the rest of the time when you're making dinner, folding the laundry picking up the kids, going shopping you're still working um, you know, there's that great there's the, I've seen this cartoon done so many times you know, uh, of the writer doing this so they saying, what are you doing? i like, working you know um, but that is half of any artistic endeavor is, is conceiving it, and the only way you get that is by feeding the machine and that is an active process it 's not a passive one you don 't receive you have to get out there and, and push and do it, and a lot of times that means dismal failure <laughs> well you have to yeah. screw it up yeah. to realize He's, what you did wrong i mean
4: the other cliche about about drawing is that you you do. You know, x number of drawings, ten thousand drawings, or something, before you can even begin to uh, uh, be achieving anything that's worthwhile. And and you know, as much as that's trite,
2: it's also it's very very true. And, and I and I actually think that it is absolutely a companion in terms of of, of writing. Mm-hmm. You need to write. You know, I wrote when I was in college. I wrote a quarter of a million words of a novel, and to give you guys an idea, that's bigger than *War and Peace* okay that's just that that's an obscene amount of words to waste on anything, um, but I had to write you know two hundred and fifty thousand really bad words <laughs> before I could find the three thousand that were went in the right order you know, and it, it's true it is a cliche but but the cliche is based in truth it requires the hard work it requires doing that heavy lifting first
4: I know that you've got a quote.
3: That you it's not a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sharon <laughs> anyway. What the hell? What the hell? Off we go. Um, it's, it's too late it's, now. It's really no good. It's, uh, <laughs> no, um, uh, we get asked similar questions or versions of that all the time. Um, and my response is always some sort of version of inspiration is bullshit. And I really think that it is. I think when people say, uh, and maybe I'm just talking about myself, but when people say that they're not feeling inspired, what they really mean is uh, I'm bored or I'm frustrated or I don't like what I'm working, I don't like on. What I'm working on or more often than not, I'm lazy. Um, and I really I really think that that is uh, true. I mean, we, I know it makes us all sound like a fairly sort of dismal bunch, but it's really <laughs> well, it's you know, it, it, there, there's no getting around. Having to put your ass in the chair every single day and just do it, having said that, um, i think uh, I think there are moments of inspiration, and I think they generally come at the beginning at the very beginnings of projects when you 've read something and there's been a a trigger or you know someone has said something that you find really interesting or that kind of conflicts with what you thought the world was, or and I can give two examples, and it's from the work that Stuart and I have done together. One is, uh, moving pictures came from a very tiny idea. Thank you very much, it. sir. Sorry,
2: I, it was, it was My I spent hours. Really? Yeah, I mean, really, just being like, ooh, ah. Really.
3: I thought I was going to have, have to spend all weekend either. getting that out of you, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it, was yeah, so it was so easy. It was so easy. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was reading Janet Flanner's Letters from Paris that she wrote during the Second World War uh, as the correspondent for the New York Magazine. And there's this one little line in there. She's talking about uh, cleaning the Louvre because all the artwork was being moved, and all she wanted to talk about was floor polish. So in the midst of this incredible act of imagination, she's just talking about, you know, it's really great because they're dusting everything. Um, And that whole book grew out of that one little moment that thought about a bigger moment uh, in a way that was new for me, and the one that the story that we're doing now came from reading uh, Chekhov's uh, account of his journey to Sakhalin, which is this, uh, the northernmost part of Japan, which was owned by the Russians, and it was this incredibly arduous over uh, overland journey. You know, the book has nothing to do with that, but just reading this account and uh, triggered a whole host of other things so I think that's the moment of inspiration but when it comes right down to doing it inspiration has uh, nothing to do with it
2: yeah, I <laughs> think it's interesting because um, I, I do my best writing when I'm pissed off if, if something really makes me angry I, I, can, I can go for weeks and weeks on that and, and a lot of my novels tend to come out of being angry about something um, a lot of the creator-owned comic stuff tends to come out of things that I've seen or encountered in the world that piss me off, or that have so profoundly upset me that I, I need to alter, I need to alternately exercise them, or I need to feel that I'm drawing attention to them. The novel *Walking Dead* is about human trafficking, and you know I've read a book called um, uh, *A Crime So Monstrous*, which is a horrible horrible book that is wonderfully, wonderfully written, and it's, it's an account of human trafficking in the 21st century around the world, and points out that right now in Vancouver at this very moment, there are at least five, probably closer to 15,000 men and women, probably most of them women, enslaved. They are enslaved right now in this city at this moment, in 2012 they have no freedom they have no rights they are kept chained by people who own them they were bought and you can hear it in my voice right now I get angry that in the 21st century you know in 2012 we can sit here and we can know this is happening and yet it still happens and it happens around the world um So that's, for instance, writing out of anger.
4: Um, I can feel it right now. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Wow, I just killed the room. Everybody's like,
2: I thought this was going to be fun. What happened to him? I know, yeah.
4: Well, you know. But on a slightly <laughs> different tack. <laughs> yeah, like
6: like, I'd like, like to bring it back to, to Len, what Len started out <laughs> with,
4: which is that, you know, it is a profession, it is a job, and you have to treat it that way. You know, it's great to be a fan, it's, and we love you for it. And we were all fans, and uh, we are still fans in many ways, but we also have to be, you know, serious and professional and, and you know, be on uh, for X number of hours every day. And, um, what I really just wanted to add was that it's not just uh, about us as individuals. And, uh, you know, if, if that was the case, it would be easier uh, to be in an ivory tower and to say, well, it really doesn't matter about the audience and it really doesn't matter if, you know, I don't do anything today. But, but so many other people are relying on us mm-hmm. to do our part. So that they can do, you know, their bit and pay their bills and take care of their families and everything else, right? You know, I'm I'm in the middle. I'm I'm after the writer, I'm before the inker the and the colors and the letter. And if I don't, you know, do my bit. All day, every day, then somebody else is suffering for it. I mean, regardless of eventually getting it out to the reader, uh, there are so many people that are interdependent on each other in this business that you just can't afford to wait around or think, you know, uh, it, not it's today. not, it's not happening for me today. I'm not it, feeling it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. too bad. Well, it depends on how you work. I mean. This is one of these I probably shouldn't tell the story. Stories. <laughs> uh, got about eight or nine years ago, Mark Wolfman and I got hired to write a screenplay. He came up with a, a concept for a superhero-ish film, and we're hired to write the screenplay. And.
6: How
1: <laughs> well, did it do that? If, if it bites me, you won't laugh. Uh, <laughs> oh, you and, think? Well, <laughs> and, and so we swear down. An average screenplay is about 120 pages, so we put 60 pages each in various sections, and we had six weeks to do them. And Marv sat down and went through the math. Said, okay, 60 pages, six weeks—that's 10 pages a week. And if I want to work just Monday through Friday, that's two pages a day, and I'm good. And I thought, okay, I got 60 pages, six weeks. I could scroll up for five weeks. <laughs> and did. I mean, I wrote my entire half of the film in a week. But that's how I work. I work under under that kind of pressure. I work much better under that kind of pressure. Uh,
4: but you still acknowledge the deadline. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah, met I, it. I made it. Yeah, and that's
1: the point. But entirely different structure of how, how one approaches mm-hmm. the work. And and where you come up with your ideas, we're talking about just two or three nights ahead of insomnia and I'm laying in bed thinking about the Before Watchman project and, and specifically for some reason at 3 in the morning the, uh, the Crimson Corsair story that I'm writing that runs through the entire series and I thought the last book we're doing and I, I can't describe it to you because I'm not sure how it structures out yet but the last 10 pages of the last part of the Crimson Corsair will all appear in that one book as an entity that will probably be the cover that folks have seen that, that John Pickens has done so wonderfully. But there are other pages we're not sure how we're filling them yet and i thought you know if we're doing these old 60s dc books and there was a whole line of pirate comics at dc in the 60s we should do a house ed so i designed a house ed in my head old 60s version it's just three in the morning laying there looking at the ceiling at which point they went of course if there was a line of books they all had to have titles so then, with the next 15 minutes, I invented an entire line of DC pirate comics <laughs> <towns laughs> that you will see the ad for. No <laughs> answer the book, just because I couldn't fall asleep at three in the morning, and I know exactly how many holes are in my ceiling. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I, I'll, I, I will add one other thing, just by way of general inspiration. If you go outside when you leave and you turn left, there is a photograph on the wall of the distinguished old gentleman and there's a little bio written on his right and I've already forgotten his name but I took the note down I mean I've got this on my phone and it's about a um, a man who came from London you know when British Columbia had been settled and became the road judge and there's a little bio about this guy how he had trained I think at Oxford and then he rode the trail and he walked the trail and he would hold court in tents (laughs) and he was known as being incredibly fair to everybody including to uh, the Native uh, American population and the the Native population and and the Chinese immigrant population. And he spoke like four languages and he sang opera and he gave concerts. And I read that and I was like, that's a graphic novel. I mean, somebody needs to tell that guy's story because that is an awesome story. Mm -hmm. So there's inspiration right there. Just based on that, you can spend six weeks on research and write, you know, a, 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 a in comics, a 120-page OGN that would be awesome, I think. I want to
0: hear from uh,
7: Yenny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I disagree with all this. That's right. <laughs> What's your inspiration? Um, oh, well, I don't know. I discovered that... I, I don't, what to add to all this... You know, dramatic, there, were, there, was, there was a moment there. I don't know. I, uh, in terms of inspiration, I, I discovered that most of my inspiration come outside of comic. Like, as, if, if I can go as far as possible from comic, that's where I kind of renew my idea. Uh, music, like, Uncle Music is a great source of <laughs> inspiration <laughs> for, for my my graphic work. Um, there is some notion of balance and depth in music that I impart in, in graphic. That was hard pitch. But uh, yeah, I, I and i I never really indulge in writing stories, but I, I'm sure that as exotic and remote the sources are, if you go, you know, discover a new meal in
0: some remote island. That could be the sources of inspiration to write a good Spider-Man
7: story. Uh, it's the inner cult, the, uh, the monocultural aspect of that field, which is so often a plague, um, is dangerous, I, I believe. And um, to me, I mean, my I get my fun from from getting as far as possible from coming oh, from okay. okay. well, this is of inspiration in my relationship with.
0: It,
2: it, I'm going to add something because obviously I'm a talking about Um
0: <laughs>
2: But the other thing is, I, can't, I cannot draw. I mean, I literally cannot draw. If you ask me for a drawing, shield your eyes. It's that bad. Um, so, anytime specifically when I'm working in comics, it has to be collaborative. And that, in of itself, a good collaboration is the most inspiring thing I've ever encountered. You know, when you are working with somebody and there is active give and take, and you are able to create something that is greater than the sum of its parts, that to me is is part of the magic and the beauty of the medium. Um, I I have you know nothing but great respect for those creators who can do it all. But for speaking just for myself, the act of collaborating is an incredibly rewarding one. Um, it, It is perhaps the thing I love most about being in this industry. So. Yeah,
7: I, would, I would add something uh, very tangent to it. Uh, is, uh, because of the language, Somehow I'm always being invited in this in Europe. <laughs> and uh, the tendency here is the total opposite. If you're not doing it entirely by yourself, it's worthless. Mm. The piece of art has to be a the, uh, Written and drawn and <laughs> conceived, and if possibly, colored by the same individual. If not, it's just like it is worthless, which is I totally disagree with. Well, this, this For the same reason that you But yeah. there is there is really a a, a huge gap here our understanding. Of graphic novel with the European the old guard, the new, the new generation are a lot more open mm-hmm. to the fact that you can, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of very successful collaboration like Piderzo and Cassini, for instance, will
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. have
7: yeah. great yeah. results. Yeah, but yeah, under <laughs> uh, <on Yeah>. hood, <laughs> but <exactly>. yeah. <laughs> Um. So yeah, well, this 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 thing, I. I'm not character oriented. I would not go for something because of something. I would go for, for it because of the opportunity the writer is giving me. Uh, every, every character, every story could be badly written that would bore me to that to draw. And every story, when written, could just excite me. And again, I've, I've been blessed with, with, with Alan, uh, with Grant. And these people, as their way to just push you into corners, you might not even want to be, but now you're trapped. You're trying to (laughs) find (laughs) a way out. And this is just sparking a Yeah, panic is a great inspiration, isn't it?
2: (laughs) Terror. All
7: right. (laughs) Another question? Question two. Thank you. We should just open it up. for (laughs) a Intellectual. Kind of a
0: pretty general question is um, within your personal work. Uh, earlier, uh, you guys were talking about Greg referenced you know the quarter million word count and um, what You're talking about doing a certain amount of drawings. Um, do you have work that you feel is like you, you hit the point you've been trying towards? Like something swims like that's what I want. That's where I'm trying to get to. Or is it a continuous push?
3: I think there should just yeah. be one unanimous no. <laughs> 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 Unless it's you. You have. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, yeah. Every, you're, you're every you're single time. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I
7: am, I'm never satisfied. Yeah. Today. Of course, if I look at my earlier work, it's has worse. I mean, it's I mean, a shame.
4: Like six months ago. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm I mean, no, I'm speaking from my perspective. I, I. I don't read my own old work. If I come across it at a show, it's... You know, if it's somebody's favorite thing, I don't say anything, you know, but it's, it's, uh, it, I feel exactly the same way. And
7: and I think it's a good sign of self-progression because if you start to be satisfied, oh, I did exactly what I wanted to do, uh, well, it's down from there. Yeah, you do. Uh, so you have to be always extremely, I'm the worst critique, well, not the worst, I'm the good critique, but I, you know, I don't let anything slide. I'm very evil and I see all. <laughs> because I've drawn I've drawn it. So <laughs> there's every small detail that doesn't work I know. Um, but yeah, at the same time I in terms of progression, I would say that there is different path of progression and not everybody is has the same uh, uh I would, I would say that I, there is some guys out there, like Mike Newell is a good example. The early works of Mike Newell I find fascinating, even though you know he's not the mind that he is today. Uh, he managed to get a very, to my taste at least, a very satisfying degree of mastery very early on. While when I'm looking at my work, uh, it's a long progressive curve, <laughs> and it's hard work, and... Um, Yeah, and I'm still unsatisfied, but I can recognize at least a progression to uh, maybe 17 years (laughs) I've discovered (laughs) It's much better in adequacy than it had
1: been previously. (laughs) (laughs) I I have written stories where I have accomplished what I wanted, and so perfect. So it's great, it's exactly what I wanted it to be. it does not prevent me from being convinced that the very next story' is going to discover I've been faking it all this time. Yeah. And it's all over. I've, I've never actually been any good. None of what I've ever done makes any sense. And I'm going to have to get a real job any second. <laughs>
4: uh, people ask me frequently, and I guess I've invited it, um, about the different styles that I use for different projects. And, and uh, there are a number of different reasons, and some of them aren't important. Or not germane to this discussion, um, but for a lot of reasons, I find myself in Yannick's shoes, where I'm I'm very unsatisfied with the way things are going. I'll work in a certain style for a, a couple of years or on a certain project, and then it it seems like it's dead end or I've plateaued and I can't do anything more with that. Um, so you know, if the opportunity comes where I can reinvent myself and it uh, dovetails with a brand new project that has a different flavor, then I'm I'm very fortunate. Um, and, you know, there's no excuse for changing what I'm doing in the middle of a series. So I tend to you know struggle with it and hope that something else will come along but you know uh, luckily i've i've been able to switch gears a lot and i find that very satisfying um that all being said uh, i think the very first thing that we ever did It's so embarrassing. It's terribly embarrassing. (laughs) but And yet, because we had no experience... This
5: is the embarrassing part. Oh, okay. Oh,
4: okay. Well, do you want to tell the rest of the story? You're trapped now. It's good to go. All right, going back to 1988... And we had no experience, I, you know, I, we were just pulling it out of wherever we could. Uh, I didn't know how to draw anything and I didn't know how to tell a story, didn't know how to shift from panel to panel, I didn't know any of the rules. But maybe because of that, I think in a lot of ways this story r- still holds up. Um, I don't necessarily want anybody to see it now, <laughs> uh, but it it remains a favorite thing for us. And and in some ways, we I feel like we've been trying to get back to that point. Uh, and I think I think Picasso said something about being able to draw like a child is a lifelong struggle. You have to. I mean, it's just something that just comes naturally to to kids, is just to be able to draw and express themselves, and and even if they can't tell you what it is that they've done, it's very satisfying for them. Um, And and I think it is maybe an impossible dream to try and recover that that level of freedom.
1: They see in their head what they want to see. Yeah. So they've succeeded. Yes, and th- that's what it is. Can't yeah, you tell? Yeah, this is what I wanted to draw. <laughs> bear with fourteen hits. <laughs> bear with fourteen hits. <laughs> that's not. Uh,
3: do, you, do, you, do you agree with me? I do agree with you, and I think too, though, that uh, I think too. Sorry, I didn't mean to put a caveat in the middle of that sentence. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, at a certain point, you just have to leave it alone. I mean, I've done things I've been extremely happy with. Uh, but it's like it's like making an argument for any point. On a given day, you're maybe going to argue that point differently. So, you know, a project is the project that it is at the time that you do it. Um, and then it, it has to be done, and you just have to leave it alone, which is why, I mean, I can't stand director's cuts. I mean, make a fucking movie already and leave it alone. Like, like that's the movie you made, and that's the movie it is, and just, like, move on and do the next thing. It is, I think uh, revisiting work is just death in so many ways. And, uh, yeah, I mean... It, it's and you don't you don't know what you don't know I mean you can only make that thing the way you can make it at that, at time. that time so to go back and I mean as long as you're diligent and you're o- your own best critic and you're honest about uh, what it is that you're doing and you have a critical eye and all these things are crucial if you're freelancing in any capacity uh, as long as you have those things the process at, at the time that you're making it then it will be the best that you can make it at that time um but 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 it it just it's a product of that that moment. You can't you can't go back later and say well, that it could have been the different. And collaboration. You know. Well, you know, and,
2: and I think I mean it goes exactly to what Stewart and, and, and Yannick said, which is, it it the, the director's cut comment. I think I find very interesting because it is the epitome of working backwards instead of working forward. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've been really fortunate. There have been maybe two stories, comic books specifically, comic stories, in fifteen years that came out as I had envisioned them, um, or actually better, um, through no fault of my own. Uh, it goes back to that collaboration, because you know, all I could do. One of the there, I, I did a story for. Marvel, years ago in, in Tangled Web of Spider Man, it's called Severance Package. It's a little 22 page story. It was dwa- drawn by Eduardo Riso, who I think is a phenomenal talent. And yeah. I mean, they, they, yeah. Do, yeah. Do, if you They'll know the story... In, it, right yeah, yeah. They, 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 wow, nobody else liked Eduardo. Well, thank you for standing <laughs> up for it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, re- I remember distinctly that, that story was written on deadline. It was written on such a deadline. I was, doing research, I was on a research trip in Manhattan, and I ended up writing it over the course of like... And it was, a, you know, like I said, a 22-page script. And I banged that thing out in about two hours sitting in a Starbucks... Uh, in in Manhattan and and I had it in my head but (coughs) I scripted it it was very tight I wrote it really quickly I sent it off to Axel because it was due I mean it went out on a deadline I didn't get to revise it and he said you know I think Eduardo would be great for this I really love this script and I was like I think it's okay and he put Eduardo on it and it became something beautiful alright right, Um, I have a credit in that, in that I provided (laughs) some raw material, but if that had not been the editor, the artist, and then the colorist, and and then the letterer, because there were still actual letterers as artists um, in the industry present at that time, that story is a disaster, it doesn't work. But when it all comes together, it 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 really is beautiful. So I, I read it and I didn't write it, if that makes sense it's one of those pieces one of those rare pieces of work that I can look at and be like I don't see my hand in it and I can appreciate this
1: well, there's some famous artist I don't know uh, perhaps for Cap, Picasso I really don't remember who it was who once said an artist needs to be three people someone to do the work someone to sell the work and somebody could take it away when it's done. Right. <laughs> and well, I think the, that's the most important of the three parts, frankly.
2: The companion quote being "no, no, no work is finished, only abandoned." Mm-hmm. You
1: know. Oh, boohoo!
5: <laughs> <laughs> Get over it. Get over it.
2: <laughs> well, that, that's it. Because you, again, you end up going backwards. Yeah. If you, at a certain point you just got to be like, "That's the best I got at this moment." Yeah.
0: Talking about the creative process and kind of collaborating with someone, I'm wondering when you have a specific person you're working with, um, be it working with a writer, working with an artist. Um, how does that affect what you're doing when you know like this is going to be drawn by someone or this person wrote it, and I kind of have an idea of how they originally? this?
2: Then you got to start with you guys. It's not as if you're not working closely.
3: Well, we're—I mean, I think in a lot of ways we're probably the, the worst people asked to answer this question. <laughs> uh, mostly because uh, we both have uh, a very kind of—we uh, prefer a very hands-off relationship, no matter who we're working with. If for my part, you know, once it's written and it's done. I feel like it's none of my business anymore, really. And if there's a problem, if there's a a storytelling problem, uh, I assume that it's my mistake and that it's a clarity issue, and I'll work to fix that. But beyond that, it's really uh, you know, I I have friends, I won't name any names, people are still complaining about how one panel got interpreted in one issue three years ago. You need to let it go. You know, I'm sorry it didn't work out exactly the way you wanted it to, but it's really, it's going to be okay um
2: i have friends who will literally get pages in and go I, and, and will take the pages and their script and go and look, and, and i'm just I like it. what if you want that much control learn to draw yeah i mean you've got to learn to draw the premise being i'm good with words i can tell the story but right. my visual I, I do not have a visual storytelling set
3: and it's exciting too to see what the result is you know it's it's exciting to be surprised um but having said that you know when i knew that uh When I know who 's coming on to draw a story i 'll often think about work other work that they 've done that i 've really enjoyed or things that i 've seen them draw that i've found really exciting, and that will absolutely sort of influence the kind of things because then i'll i 'll often sort of write things or imagine scenes that I would really love to see that person uh draw and I know that you know the Hellcat story that we did in Marvel Comics presents. My only question to Stuart was, you know, what would you like to draw? And Stuart said, well, restaurant comics. Um, <laughs> and that was, and that's where that came from. Um, with David Lafuente with Hellcat, it was the same the uh, miniseries. It was the same sort of thing. Knowing what he did well, it was exciting to me to try and uh, give him something that he would, you know, that he would enjoy, frankly. Um, so, but in terms of, you know, the way we work together, we, it, there's really... Uh, I wouldn't characterize it as collaboration in any sense of the word.
4: <laughs> That's because we have the hive mind.
3: No, we
5: don't. <laughs> well,
4: in the sense married? that I'm in it, I guess we we, we have years, we we've been married a long time. And been together even longer. And uh, because of that, we share so many experiences. We see the same movies and we like the same music and we, you know, like the same kind of food. And, you know, it's just so much that goes on in our daily lives that um, we've enjoyed together. The creative process is very much the same way. So when we're, uh, you know, trying to... When we're trying to construct a... (laughs) comic together. <laughs> when you know, if you're writing a scene you're you're, you know, getting a little bit of input from me, I'm not trying to direct it at all, but you'll like you yeah, said, no. you'll ask me and I'll say, Well, I want to do something. Happens in a restaurant, for instance. Um and uh, it goes the other way too. If I'm if I'm once I get around to drawing the scene, I'll uh, I'll say, Well Uh, I don't think this transition works. Can I add a panel or take away a panel, or can I draw it from this angle, even though it was scripted from this angle? And what do you think about that? You
3: always know the answer. (laughs) Including, he he always knows the answer, including this last issue of of Avenging Spider-Man that we just finished together, and Stuart drew this rather large panel, uh, and it took a long time, and I knew something was wrong, and he comes out of the office with it, and he shows it to me, and he says, knowing full well what the answer was, is this offensive? And the answer was... Yes, Stuart, it is yeah. offensive. Right. <laughs>
4: so it was, you know, a couple, of, couple <laughs> of hours' work, and I, uh, but I wasn't know. satisfied, and I knew I wasn't satisfied, but I really needed that extra voice. I
3: think it's sweet that you have to ask. You <laughs> always know the answer. Maybe she'll so say, I no, it's drafted. not, and then I don't have to do it again. Sometimes you need to hear something else say. Always, yeah. Um, you always know, right? You yeah, always on know. some level.
2: <laughs> well, I mean... That That goes to someplace else, but that that need to articulate I understand very yeah. well. I can have the story in my head, and I can literally talk to a total stranger and just say, "This is the thing I'm thinking, and the act of putting the words yeah. into the air all of a sudden, I can see what I need to write, and yeah. I can start writing mm-hmm. it, so
4: and where the problems may have been yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of hands off i you know uh I was. Dry uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, and he, um, he he came on the project after working for seven years uh, with Mark Bagley, and they had this completely different relationship than I had had uh, with Brian, which was no relationship <laughs> at all. So they've been working together for years and years and years, and it's really collaborative, and they're they're uh, you know sharing ideas, and if Mark wants to draw something in particular, Brian bends over backwards to do that. And I think he wanted to do the same thing with me. Um, and I had come, just come off Next Wave working with Warren Ellis, and uh, to this day I, I've never met him, I, I've never spoken to him, I, I have shared maybe a hundred words in emails with him, and that is it. I don't know the guy, and I happy. don't know anything about him. <laughs> if we shared the, the same airspace, I think there, the really. world would implode. <laughs> um, and, th- yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> fine, you know, once I really la- realized that those were the parameters of what our writer-artist collaboration was going to be, you know, if it's not written on the page, he doesn't care about it, he doesn't want to know, I just do my thing, and he has faith in that. So I went into this uh, situation with Brian like this, and he's saying, well, who do you want to draw? What characters do you want to draw? I, what do you, where do you want these stories to take place? And I'm going, whatever you want to do is fine, I'll do it, I'll draw it. Uh, you know, the best I can and so we're you know he's coming up to me like this and saying you know i'll I'll do anything you want to do and i'll say you know i'll come up like this and say i'll draw anything you want me to draw and there's this huge space in between (laughs) us uh and but it worked out because you know he did his part and i did my part and then it it was it was really great i would have been happy to have continued, but we ended up collaborating on something else entirely
1: (laughs) i mean one of the advantages I had in working on legacies was working with about 15 or 20 of the best artists in the business and part of it is you want to know what do they want to do, exactly like they said, what would you for the drawing most and when I gotten Brian Ballin to do one of the stories he said oh, I want to do an Adam story, I said great I love the Adam so I started thinking but part of what I was trying to do with legacies was sort of touch on every little part of the DC universe you know, I I could stick my fingers just to just remind people of what had been. So I went, yeah, I could do a time pool story. I set those time pool stories. So I did. I sent the Adam back to Camelot to solve one of those mysteries. During the final battle where I had the Shining Knight and I had the Silent Knight by had all these characters and I had, I used Brian's archer. So what the hell? So I had to Brian from Camelot 3000 and Brian's uh, Merlin and Jack Kirby's demon. All of this is all part of what went on there. And I get this lovely letter back from uh, Brian going, thank you so much for the Adam story. Uh, apparently you never got my memo where I said I didn't really have one to draw horses, you know, big battles, <laughs> or, <laughs> or the doctor out ever again. <laughs> and yet he did a magnificent job. I said, no, I, I didn't get that memo and, now it's too oh, late. throw
7: my story. <laughs> um, yeah, in, in in collaboration, I'm I'm pretty close to the guys after me. So the writer, every every writer has a very different collaborative uh, relationship with me. With Scott, these days we we Skype each other, we we, we talk a lot, and the the deal is that. Scott will push forward the story and the uh, and the, uh, the character evolution. And I'll push all the graphic aspects. Because he's not a really graphic writer. It, it, compared to, say, Grant Morrison, which is calling for a very specific visual that is always challenging, uh, borderline impossible to draw. <laughs> uh, Scott will <laughs> not go, it's it's not will be know. people talking nice, interesting, developing stuff but graphically it's not that rich in terms of visual. And uh, when we got to do the Swamp thing, for me Swamp thing was rooted in uh, in in rich historical graphic <laughs> classic glorious I mean with Bernie with with Steven Bissett and you know there is there is there is a very rich background of guys before me that went there and and um I my relationship with Scott was that I would take on my responsibility to add as much graphicness as I can, try to come up with the uh border story of all the panels or different. Um and well and and that's why we talk a lot because we have we both share a very uh significant uh part of the creative load on small thing. But if you the relation to that with with granted, I've talked with Grant again a bit like is when once that is show hey that's all and um in his script, uh, is is super hard to understand most of the time. from maybe the, the language, I don't know. No, they're so hard, hard to understand. <laughs> speaking <laughs> as, a, speaking to understand. as a writer who's, yeah, who's yeah, worked with them, his scripts
2: are hard to understand.
7: He will have me draw pages and pages of stuff. I don't have no idea what it's <laughs> going. No <laughs> clue. Whatsoever. Sometimes she doesn't mean with either. trusting trusting <laughs> the fact that he will resolve it into something choreo at somewhere <laughs> at the end. Um, but that was so stressful, especially because uh, when I started working with Grant it was after two years of A B C stuff with, with Alan Moore, and Alan would very put clearly what he wanted, uh, the, the script was like straight. Uh, There were were monster scripts, but there were monster scripts not because he would go into all the detail in forcing my end to draw what he wanted exactly. They were big because he was experimenting with, with possible in, uh, interpretation of each panel like three times the same description of, oh, you could do this, or you could do that, or you could do this, or oh, maybe that. Sometimes it do, do what you want. It, uh, yeah, it yeah. always so end up adapter. with, uh, do what you want. But by having <laughs> read all these three <laughs> options, you know what the common ground of it was. Uh, and that so you could just not build on, um, like automatic drawing. All right, do you want a guy? We do he's old a... A cup of coffee. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, you had like three possibilities, either holding a cup of coffee or making breakfast or oh okay, it's the morning, it's doing something in the morning, it's like it's prepping up for work. Oh, this is what it's all about. I can do the coffee, but knowing that in the background, <laughs> what's the meaning is that this guy's waking up. Uh, so it's it's involving you in the in, in the story more actively. Same thing I guess with Grant, which I kinda understand that he was maybe playing a Master Miyagi trick on me. <laughs> it would give me like something so understand that I would have to find my own way out of this haze. and by doing so, making me part of the creative process of the story. What? What? All? I mean,
2: this okay, is it's very, tricks. very charitable of you. <laughs> That's what I think.
1: Dry
7: on, dry off. Yeah, but th- to credit, I would say that when I I would I was wandering away from what he really wanted because I had to make my own decision at some point. Uh, especially in Seven Soldier. and Seven Soldier oh. was such a, I don't know, writing roller coaster <laughs> for him. Um, so I, I went to do ways because I had to do something. And he always managed, I guess for him it was almost a creative input that would go into an but unexpected did direction. Did he talk
2: to you or did that come through editorial?
7: Um, no, it, it came through the script I, I never talked Well, with, with Grant, it's uh, almost It's easier to go through to, to the wife <laughs> questions <laughs> I know <laughs> um, But um, Yeah, it's kind of different But what I keep very close in terms of collaboration Because that's the subject It's uh, my anchor, my colorist I'm in, in my own stuff, so I'm pretty close to me Most, most of the time <laughs> uh, But my is is uh is Nathan Ferrain as I as I mentioned. Nathan is, is has been my colorist for uh a few years now. We're a friend. We 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 overpass all the editorial principle. <laughs> uh, I, I draw box pages to him, he sent me the, the stuff. We just we find out graphic solution uh and and now Scott is in the loop. We're doing all our stuff. Yeah. In in the back of the editors at the end you just say, okay. That's uh, yeah, he has nothing to do, he's getting paid for it. Uh, now, yes worry. I mean, that's that's his job. He worries. Uh but but yeah, I it in my in my career I got to where I'm not gonna drop any names, but some of the worst anchor and colorists out there. And it's really painful because you're really destroying your life on a month of painful work and oh, are how I Oh my baby, and then people that are just don't have the time f- and to just destroy the stuff, and then next time you see it, it's in print and it's awful. And sometimes the solution would have been simpler: just don't do this. But yeah, no relationship with the cars at all. So, but all this is behind me. I would never accept <laughs> work with somebody that I don't kind of know. At least
5: actually,
2: actually, yeah. No, yes. <laughs> I'm absolutely with you on that because I've been there and it, it, it's too much blood, sweat, and tears at this point and the thing is, you know the business aspect of comics, especially at the big two is sell the damn book they don't care about anything else they don't, they lie about it they'll tell you that it's about telling a great story and it's about it being beautiful they don't care, at the end of the day all they care about is making the sale yeah, if you can make the sale while creating great art God bless you <laughs> They're not going to stop you, but they don't care. <laughs> they really don't. They just want you to buy it, and if they thought they could get away with you buying sausage casings with stick figure drawings, they would <laughs> sell it <them to> <laughs> all right? Well,
7: that's the, way, the way I understand it, uh, and again, it's by comparison with the European market, which uh, is a lot closer to literature, for instance magazine. Uh, in comic, it's a uh, it's it's bold thing. It's also well, like a literature object, but it's also a magazine that supports ads for stuff that mm-hmm. are going to go out in the market as a, at, a, at a specific date, right? So And, and you, you really need like a support for these ads because people won't just buy a bunch of ads. They want to buy something else, but I then mean, you mean, expose it's it's them to ads. We need an
2: excuse to sell you these ads. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. Uh, all most
2: Ultimately, of the are house ads now. They don't really yeah, have
7: now they are because they, that, that model's falling apart. Yes, it has. But yeah, oh, me—I'm not, I'm not a multi artist. I—I'm I, pretty close to it, but I try to work around that problem as much as I can by discussing with it. I'm very open to it. I'm not pretending I'm going to do it and then screw up at the last minute. I'm all, this is what I can do. Let's find out like a, a structure that could allow this. Um, now. The answer is always well. We'll get like some dude at the last minute to do uh, <laughs> what What do you think you're gonna like, get to that dude? So, uh, is, is there no other way? Like, just plan more in advance and, and create <laughs> at least somehow a piece part that could stand the test of time and not having. Well, what do you say that, if if uh, the the, the I, don't know, I don't know Watchmen would have been like issue. One of those issues would not have been drawn by Dylan. Like, one, like, like a joker last minute, oh, we have no time, uh, make a call, and or or something. I, I'm looking to the, the best stuff, uh, Superman, uh, the, the, the grand stuff, by Quietly. Mm-hmm. It's all M, it was super late, and but now you can sell it forever. Uh, same thing for uh, the Ultimates, the edge stuff, it took forever to draw. Now it's there forever, and these books would stand the test of time. Well, they might have messed the, the, the ad guys a bit in their in their days, but at least they will survive. And this is this is going maybe against what we were talking earlier on that you're, you're professional. We want stuff on time and stuff. Mm-hmm. Me, uh, my 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 relationship with it is to be frank with my editors and, and, and the guy said well this is what I can do, I cannot do more than that and, it, and I stick to my, to my gun though,
2: this is what I can do eight issue a year, plan a schedule with that That was J.H. On that, on that one and stuff, yeah. you know, he made it perfectly clear this is what you're gonna get, this is what you're gonna get it um, I love it when editorial and publisher doesn't hear that and they come back and they say well hurry up, well we're we gonna do a fill-in, it's like no you were told you were told 18 months ago, it's going to take this long. Don't pretend that you were caught by, you know, by surprise on this. Nobody told you to schedule it now. You could have waited three months. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they don't care because they want the money. I mean, so.
1: Camelot 3000 you know, was the legendary story mm-hmm. of those mm-hmm. later and later issues. And I, of course, was the editor, and I took all the heat. Mm-hmm. And I had told Paul when the book was started... This is exactly how many pages a month Brian's going to gonna do. going to be no more than that. Yeah. You, give, you wait till the first six issues are in the can before you announce it, two more issues until you schedule it, and we're good. Mm-hmm. And when issue three came in, he scheduled it book.
2: <laughs> Wrong.
1: And when all this stuff happened later on, he kept yelling at me, Why is it late? And I said, I told you a year and a half ago why it would be late mm-hmm. if you did the stupid thing you did. <laughs> It's started. only
4: late if you look at it the wrong way. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we'll talk about Grant. Grant once told me that everything he did was inspired by something I had done previously. And I keep looking at the stuff going, where? <laughs> 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 Can you give him some drugs? <laughs> <laughs> at one point, though, I, I actually, when he did Arkham Asylum, the graphic novel, which was based on the one-page origin <laughs> of Arkham Asylum I had written for the Who's Who, I said, with the money? <laughs> <laughs> he said nah <laughs> You made a whole bag of money. I made one page worth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's already seven. Yeah, yes it is. And I was good. going to suggest we ask a question from the audience, but right, Can we do
2: a quick question around? I don't so want to be rude. Or do you guys all want to if go? If you home? have any. if you don't, just Did leave at Let's we'll do it. Let's see a couple oh, Hawk, I want Hawk's question first. Into that. <laughs> I can't say it like Merrill. I can't say how I love that inflection. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, to me, it's a revolution.
7: Personally, because even now I'm not working on paper anymore. I'm working on a big tablet, and a big sentient tablet. So uh-huh. nothing remains anymore. Um, when I started, I was working on paper and uh, to FedEx the stuff to somebody, and uh, I'm pretty sure like the industry is saving millions of dollars on FedEx. And now, yet right? they're still, we're still Just exciting. scanning the stuff and putting them on paper the We're not touching that money at all. Um, but yeah, and, and plus, now with, with my colorist, what I sent to him, it's not a flatted tiff. Uh, what we used to send to the, to the colorist, even with technology of you know, servers and stuff, was a black and white, only one layers of information to the colorist. With, with Nate and I upload on our Dropbox that we share, um, a PDF file that I created as I was drawing with more like... A layer with my nose, a layer with photos embedded, and you know all sort of element that you could just feed upon and flash at the last minute and upload this color with my flattened black and white. But and and I if I had to draw like a layer of of trees in the back that I that he's gonna color old, it's on another layer, so you could just play with that layer instead of. Uh, but these are. At the end of the day, what's important for me is not that you look at the at the book and it will look like a computer generated thing. I has to look still. I'm front of the classic, cool look of things, but I'm only using modern technology to do it. And communication-wise, you, yeah, uh, I I know guys that are, anchors that are printing out from the server, the pencils and glue and inking on it, and can, the pages doesn't travel anymore. Yeah, it's amazing. Also, it's harder to lie to your editors.
6: <laughs> uh, at one point, when we were, when we I were look, faxing,
1: when they
4: when they see you messing around on, on Twitter. Twitter and exactly. And, uh,
1: yeah. and, and <laughs> I remember back when when the, trans, the way of transporting pages, certainly scripts, was was by fax. Mm-hmm. And every so often, I would be on page, oh, let's say, eighteen or twenty two, and the editor expected the whole script that day. I'm sending the whole script now, and I would print out go about halfway through page seventeen. <laughs> you yeah, know, I just off the printer at that point, <laughs> so it was a half page. Then I also to, the, to the fax machine and, and not answer the phone until I finished last pages making it seem like, well, the fax machine must have fucked up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the fax, yeah, I, yeah, that I, I that the whole strip. What happened? Well, I <laughs> only we got through <laughs> halfway pages Page two seventeen. You can't do that anymore. <laughs>
2: I think look, you get uh, very
1: inventive. And it was <laughs>
5: anything that has
2: increased the speed of communication is both good and bad. In this, you know, it it's made collaborating a lot easier. Um, where collaboration works, where collaboration doesn't work, it's actually proved to be a hindrance. Um, there are times, Catherine said, you know, I don't actually want the artist to ask me. Or to say, I found this thing, or I want to chat with you now. There's a piece of me that's kind of like, just draw the damn script. now, please. Um, I I did my part, and I now have to work on this other thing. And it's not that I'm not open to any changes you may want to make, as much as you don't need me to hold your hand to make them. Mm
5: Mm-hmm.
4: I think I figured out why you can only do eight issues a year. <laughs> <laughs> if you're... S- multiple layers of files and adding photos and all this other stuff. <laughs> just draw the thing and you'll be done.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, I understand. I understand. If you've got the opportunity... I do. I, I don't do it, but I understand. <laughs> if you've got the opportunity to, to add more information that doesn't impede your workflow and you know it can make things better and improve the workflow of the next person in line, then I totally support it. Um, for me, I'm still like, I've got one foot in in the water, <laughs> one foot on the shore, uh, I work in a very hybrid way. Uh, sometimes I'm drawing on paper for a person who prefers to ink on paper, and sometimes I'm uh, drawing completely on a tablet. Uh, when I'm inking myself because I'm unsatisfied with the line quality that I can get when I'm inking myself on paper um, And sometimes I'm drawing on paper scanning it and then inking on the tablet, so it's all over the map It just depends on uh The individual project and how I'm feeling that day and what the opportunities are to to uh, to make that happen um, uh, but you know, I've had my share of mishaps with FedEx. Pages go missing, or something that was supposed to go out overnight ends up taking four or five days, and that messes everybody up. Even so, lose the uh, yeah, I've I've had paintings that that I worked on for uh, a week just go; they they've never appeared again. Um, but you know, uh, and in fact, uh, we ended up printing color photocopies of uh, those two paintings because. The, there was nothing else and you know deadlines come and, and and there's no other choice. I could redo them, but I Didn't want to and it wasn't possible anyway um, so uh, but You know there there was a point not too long ago when you could expect a phone call from your editor and that doesn't happen anymore you're lucky to get an email and While with the right editor someone you know already and you can read the inflections in the in the, the written word uh that's fine. You, usually you just wanted the information. But uh at the same time I uh I do miss uh the voice to ear communication that uh happened, you know, uh fairly frequently, as little as four or five years ago. That it's it's just not happening at all anymore.
2: Yeah, I mean I yeah. prefer the I prefer the phone at any given time. Same here.
1: Are, are, are we done half the time? Or are we let's,
2: let's do Over one to, more.
1: One more. One more,
5: and then it's already. <laughs> yes? Um,
0: yeah.
5: just have a right, now <laughs> it looks like i <laughs> planned yeah, it <laughs> yeah. Right, it. you. Greg, thanks. You're really um, you work on characters like
0: Netman, and Genet, and Radman, and that sort of characters. and content, and whole bunch characters. have you
6: formulated a story to tell. Have you ever decided
2: It around to that kind of story or? I don't know because it, 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 no, uh, I I work and I've always worked from characters. So if I'm working on Punisher, the story is about Frank because it is about what Frank will do in this situation. Um, when I'm not working on stuff, I can wander around and go, oh, you know, it would be a cool Batman idea, and then it it, it will develop that way. But I've never to my conscious knowledge written a story or been working on a story and going this would have been really cool if I could or or this would be better as a Superman story I'll save it for later Um, I just but that's just not how I approach writing I I always always am working from character and I'm I there's a reason my plots stink (laughs) you know so
6: Why does character characters make. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't need me talk, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I always give it like...